Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 476. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. I'm Lorraine Sink. And this is James Moore Eichelhart, a.k.a. JMI. Yeah, the three amigos, we are back together again. And uh, if you are just joining us on This Week in Marvel, we're going to talk about everything that's happening this week in, you guessed it, Marvel. We're talking about games and comics, movies, TV, whatever. And James, you weren't with us last week, but no. uh, we did throw out a gift guide, a whole bunch of suggestions that Lorraine and I had, a fun mm-hmm. stuff for a gift guide. We actually put up an article on Marvel.com, so anybody who wants to see our, Ryan, our picks... What? They're called farticles, and you know it. Farticles! Because they are photo articles. Yes. <laughs> yes. How dare you? That's the best way to do that. Everybody get a good sniff of the particles on Marvel.com. But yes. since you weren't with us last week, James, do you have any gift guide suggestions to add to the mix for Twim? To add to the particles? Of course. Yes, yes totally. <laughs> Listen, most people who have seen my Instagram know that I am a huge Funko Pop person, and I have tons of Funko Pops that have to do with Marvel. So I think that's a great gift to give someone. It's simple, and it also expresses, you know, you can find certain heroes, certain villains to express how you feel. Like if you know someone who's just really, really thoughtful and just got a really, really big brain, you can give them, I don't know, a MODOK pop because it really, really shows who they are. Or if you find someone who is so slick, so intelligent, and beautiful at the same time, you can give them a Captain Marvel one or a She-Hulk one. You can give them a She-Hulk one. And, you know, if you just find somebody who's just dope and slick and just amazingly good at everything, you could just, you know, always pass a brother an Iron Man or a Doctor Strange. But then I also have a thing about pins. I love the Marvel pins because they're so small and you could just have them. You could just put them on bags or put them on your wallet or put them on your jacket or put them on the inside of your jacket so your wife doesn't know you have them. I, I, those are the ones that I... <laughs> Not that I've ever done that. No. I've never put pins on the inside of my jacket so no one would see that I'm wearing them or that I bought them or that's the way to hide them so she would know they got to the house. But those those are the things I would pick for, for gifts. Yeah. Those are great suggestions. That Modoc Funko Pop I've had on pre-order for two months now right and it still now. has not arrived at my door. Where the hell is my Modoc? Dang it. Those are great when, picks. When it gets here, I'll tell you. No, I'm just Thank kidding. You. Oh, you <laughs> son of a gun. How dare you? Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, Look, breaking news. We were going to roll with this episode because it's already going to be a big one. It got way bigger thanks to Disney Investor Day because holy moly, y'all, about all the news ever dropped this week. (laughs) It's very exciting. I I mean, a year, a year's worth of news came out even more just hours ago at this point when we're recording this. Yeah, I've. The reason why fans you haven't heard me talking in like the last 30 seconds is because I'm speechless. I'm still just sitting here going, <laughs> what? What just happened? Yeah. So if you have, uh, if you somehow missed it, uh, Disney Investor Day was this great presentation where basically uh, all the big entertainment parts of the company went through and said, yo, get ready. Hold on to your butts. We've got so much to show you. Uh, we've got new movies for uh, all the big studios, like all the cool Star Wars stuff. Freaking yeah. Patty oh Jenkins gosh. doing Rogue Squadron. I Come on. can't even handle it. Come on. And it was such a mic drop off the top because uh, CEO Bob Chapek started the whole thing being by like, hey, there's roughly going to be 10 new Star Wars series and 10 new Marvel series <laughs> yes. coming. So enjoy the day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so with, with like that in mind, we waited and waited and we got to... Kevin Feige, 
who is the the you know chief creative officer and president of Marvel Studios, he comes out and he unleashes a torrent of amazing Marvel Studios information for new films coming to theaters, for new series coming to Disney Plus. Uh, we are going to break it down with uh, for you guys right now. Um, again, this is a lot. We're going to go through it relatively quickly. <laughs> Uh, you can watch and get all the details on marvel.com. Uh, there's videos to watch. If you missed any of that stuff on marvel.com and Marvel's YouTube channel, you can go to Marvel on Twitter for all the information, Marvel studios on Twitter for everything. Um, but we're really excited. We just want to share with you all this stuff. Lorraine, why don't you kick it off? Oh, baby. Uh, so we kicked off with Marvel studios, one division, uh, they're, they showed us new footage. We got to see a new trailer with even more details. We're seeing more of the drama, uh, more of the fun sitcomness. you know, a lot more of the sort of talking scenes, for lack of a better word, uh, in this trailer. We're going to see big action. It's going to be funny. It's got a ton of just love for uh, old television going on in it. I can't wait for people to check it out. But uh, you know, and of course you can watch that on Disney Plus streaming January 15th. Um, but the next bit of news, which was that Elizabeth Olsen is going to be in Marvel Studios Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like what this was exciting. On, and man. this went by so quickly. So Kevin was like, Oh my gosh. Boom, boom, boom. We're talking about WandaVision. Here's this trailer. What? You can't breathe? Don't worry. You're not going to be able to breathe for the next like 40 minutes. Here we go. <laughs> and it was talking about uh, Marvel Studios' Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which comes to theaters March 25th, 2022. Yes, as Lorraine, you said, Elizabeth Olsen will be in there as uh, Wanda. Uh, we also have, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch, Benedict Wong, Rachel McAdams, Chiwetel Ejiofor. And joining the cast is Zochi Gomez as a America Chavez, which holy moly, I'm so freaking excited by all this. Uh, and then it was confirmation that the film will be directed by Sam Raimi and it ties into Marvel Studios <gasps> WandaVision and it ties into the next Spider-Man film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh my God. It's crazy. <laughs> just, it's so crazy. I couldn't believe they dropped that like off the top. Like we're just starting. Here we go. It's that moment where you just realize that you are, you're trying to meet an adult, but you are screaming at the screen that you're watching. You're like, they can't hear me, but I have to. But then, of course, Marvel Studios then just broke it out with a brand new trailer for The Falcon and Winter Soldier, the original series that starts streaming March 19th on Disney+. Plus. I just flipped out. There was the shield. There was the flying. There was the do you have a plan moment. And I just went, it doesn't matter if you have a plan. Just I'm so glad I now have a date when this thing is coming on because I have to watch it. It just looked so good. Yes. Yes, I'm living honestly for the Bucky Falcon dynamic just in general. Yeah. Living for it. Um, Marvel Studios Black Widow gave us a little update. Um, of course, we are um, building off of the chronicles of Natasha Romanoff um, as she looks more into her history as a spy before she became an Avenger. Uh, it's directed by Kate Shortland and starring, of course, Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, David Harbour, um, who is the tallest man I've ever interviewed, and <laughs> Rachel Weisz. Uh, and it will be in theaters May 7th of 2021. I cannot wait. Um, you guys have seen the trailers. If you haven't, go watch them. They're fabulous. And then there's that moment. There's that moment where I looked up and, you know, we all watched Infinity War. We all, I mean, you know, we all, we all saw Loki, quote unquote, die. And then we watched, you know, the, the, the next one. And then he's, he grabbed the Tesseract and it was gone. And then yesterday, 
Marvel Studios put out Loki, the exclusive clip, and you just he just goes, and next thing you know, he's standing next to Owen Wilson. And I had to go back and rewind it again because I was like, oh, I got Loki. Wait, is that Owen Wilson? That's, that's Owen Wilson. And just to see him standing next to Owen Wilson in an amazing trailer. I mean, this thing is directed by uh, Kate Heron uh, with Michael Waldron serving as the head writer. I, I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do, what they're going to come up with, and just seeing all the different places Loki's supposed to go. If you haven't seen this clip, ladies and gentlemen, please find this clip on YouTube or Twitter or something and so you can check this out. You will not be... You, you would not be disappointed, especially, I mean, come on, it's Tom Hiddleston, it's Loki, and he's back, and it's just, I, come on now, it's ridiculous. I mean, that moment where he's wearing the, like, little, what looks to be, like, a voting badge. Oh, thank you, and it's like, and it says Loki? Loki? Yeah, I was like, get me it's, to it's, the internet. It's when he's going through, it's when he's going through time, and he just shows up on, like, this Tibetan mountain, and it's like, uh, where am I? I just <laughs> saw so dope. It's like the the deep comic book touches in there yes. uh, are so good. The TVA, which is referenced really briefly in the in the mm. spot, you watch the video. And if you don't know what the TVA is, we're gonna I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that as time goes by. Another thing we're gonna talk about is Marvel Studios. What if maybe uh. the ooh after ooh I'm so excited about this, but there's so mm. much news that came out of Disney Investor Day that I don't know where to to start. But all right, Marvel Studios. What if Maybe my favorite uh, thing, uh, What If, is my like favorite comic series of all time. I'm, wi- so I'm with you on that. So we got to see um, uh, a brand new video that sort of looks at this series, what it's going to be. It's going to be coming to Disney Plus in summer 2021, which, hot damn, next year is getting better and better. Um, this is sort of going to, you know, look at... It's going to look at reimagining famous events from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in unexpected ways. So it gives us like, what if Peggy Carter was the one who became a super soldier? And on and on we go. Seeing T'Challa join up with <sighs> Yondu and, and like go off into space. That Those are just two of the stories that we're going to like dive into in What If. I'm so excited. Yeah, and the animation style is so cool. This is the first animated series from Marvel Studios, and the style is, like, very cinematic and so cool. And, you know, I think Marvel Studios always does these, like, huge, incredible films, but it's so cool to see what they can do when there are no constraints of reality. It was that T'Challa talking to Yondu moment. I was just like... Screaming, <laughs> ah, losing it. Uh, but then, then there's a moment I've been waiting for since D23. It's Marvel Studios, Shang-Chi, and the Legend of the Ten Rings. I mean, Simu Lu, I, I, this is going to be, I mean, Aquafina, come on. And then, of course, for you comedian fans out there, Ronnie Chang, Ronnie Chang is going to be this. I mean, this, this bad boy. And the Legend of the Ten Rings, guys, this is about to be fire i don't think everybody understands this is this is one of those this is one of those stories that i think folks are sleeping on and this is gonna be one of the ones that's gonna like destroy the year when it comes out by the way it'll be in theaters july 9th 2021 you guys do not want to miss this one yeah 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 i mean also i've been following simu liu on um social media and one the man works out it's crazy (laughs) he's Um, ripped but two (laughs) Like he's so fun to follow because he's like chronicling his his Shang Chi adventures. It's a delight. I can't wait to watch it in July. Um, so next up, 
Marvel Studios, Ms. Marvel! Ms. Marvel! Um, I'm I'm so excited for this. I love Ms. Marvel as a character. This is, of course, Kamala Khan, Ms. Marvel. And we got to see uh, a little bit of the behind the scenes. We got to see our own Sana Amanath. Uh, talking about the show and talking about the character. We got folks from the creative team, plus we got our first look at the actual show. <sighs> we got our first look at Iman Vellani as Kamala Khan. Uh, she's got this like really wonderful signature smirk down already. I cannot wait. Um, I'm sure that this series is just going to be fabulous. And it was announced that it will be coming later in 2021 so again 2021 is going to be the gift that keeps on giving Mm -hmm. get us there right now yes oh oh and how could i bury the lead here not only is Amon Vellani going to be in marvel studios ms marvel she's also going to be in a certain marvel studios captain marvel because yes Yes. because of course if you read the comics you know that kamala khan is a stand for captain marvel she loves captain marvel she is her favesies and so it was announced that she will be appearing in marvel studios captain marvel 2 uh directed by nia da costa uh, of course, starring Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. And we're going to get Tayana Paris back as Monica Rambeau, who is going to be appearing in Marvel Studios' WandaVision. So again, like it's all connected. This interconnected universe, the more you look at it, the more that you see this is like one big web and everything is tied together. It's so cool. I'm I'm so excited. This has just been like the... the like on rush of amazing amazing news and it kept rolling uh we got you know a reminder that marvel studios eternals is on the way november 5th 2021 they just reminded us that this cast like all the other casts for the mcu shows and films is incredible uh you know we've got angelina jolie Gemma chan richard madden uh, sama hayek and more uh playing roles in uh marvel studios eternal so remember that is november 5th 2021 once again reminding us 2021 could be the greatest year ever. <laughs> um, let's go back to Disney Plus because we have Marvel Studios Hawkeye, which yeah. is original Avenger Jeremy Renner returning as Hawkeye, and he teams up with our favorite Kate Bishop, played by the amazing Haley Steinfeld. Uh, and uh, they even added more cast members that they announced uh, at Disney Investor Day, including Vera Farmiga, uh, Fra Free. A newcomer, Alakwa Cox, as Maya Lopez. Yes, yes, yes. You know that Maya Lopez is really, really cool. Uh, episodes will be directed by Reese Thomas and directing duo Bert and Birdie. Uh, and of course, again, Marvel Studios, the original series, is coming to Disney+. Plus. Next up, we have Marvel Studios' She-Hulk, which Ryan, James, you know She-Hulk is one of my I, all-time favorite characters. Yes. She is my obsession. Uh, so this, all of this stuff was really, really exciting to see. Uh, we got announcements on casting and who we're going to see in this show, including Tatiana Maslany, who, of course, many people know from Orphan Black. Yes. Who is an incredible actress. Um, I cannot wait to see her. They also confirmed that Mark Ruffalo will be joining the cast. Yes. Reprising his role as the one and only Bruce Banner. And, oh man, this is a hot ticket. All the way back from the beginning yeah. of the MCU, Tim <laughs> Roth is coming back to play Abomination, you guys. I just rewatched the the OG Incredible Hulk film. Uh, he's fabulous. I cannot wait for that. I think that's so cool. We also got uh, director announcements for Kat Koiro and Anu Valia. Uh, 
very exciting to see those two ladies at the helm of this show. And of course, um, they didn't talk about this, but I'm very excited that the sh- the show is written by Jessica Gao, who is an incredible writer for Rick and Morty and more things. So this, I mean, this is wild. It's so cool. One of the great things about Marvel Studios She-Hulk is that I, I can't imagine it won't be really freaking funny. Too. Yeah. Tatiana Maslany oh. is hilarious. Yes. Um, oh, and so is Jessica Gao. I mean, obviously, yeah, yes. who's but writing. Like, the potential for this show to be like perfection is so high. Oh, also, also, uh, one of the things that Kevin Feige said that like my ears went uh, was he's like, you know, she's going to be doing superhero cases. So you never know who's going to show up. And I was like, "Ooh, baby, Cameo City, give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, 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 I know I'm not, not as excited as Lorraine, but I, I love She-Hulk, so I cannot wait. But for those of us fans who just love those mysterious, dark characters who just seem to stand on the top of buildings looking down on you waiting to do something crazy there is marvel studios moon knight is coming to disney plus as a series and ladies and gentlemen mark specter is going to be the amazing legendary moon knight character for those of you who don't know he's a complex vigilante who suffers from a dissociative identity disorder these multiple personalities live inside him and are distinct characters in the series and will appear against the backdrop of egyptian iconography it's going to be amazing trust me listen there's a moment where you look at a hero and you just He's everything you want him to be because there's all these different personalities inside him and there's this inner struggle, but there's this heart to him. But there's also, there's just this kick butt mentality of Moon Knight. Trust me, y'all. When this bad boy hits Disney Plus as a series, this is going to be the one to see. Trust me. This amazing, awesome TV show that's going to be on Disney Plus, this great series, is going to be directed by Moheb Diab. It's going to be, trust me, the, 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 we haven't seen anything yet, but I am already sending great vibes to this series because I, I, I love the comics, so I can't wait to see what they do. Yeah, and I love that Kevin Feige talked about how Moon Knight has associative identity disorder and mm-hmm. how those identities are going to be very like sort of different from each other and yeah. separate from each other in the series. So I can't wait to see what kind of... Uh, you know like cool stuff they come up with to really make that shine with marvel studios moon knight it was really cool because kevin also said it was like indiana jones type feeling yeah. to to the series and it's gonna be directed by Mohammed diab uh all right i i talked about marvel studios what if and how excited i am for that i'm probably as equally excited about marvel studios secret invasion because the secret invasion comics Oh my God. Are like, it's one of my all time favorite stories. Yeah. Uh, so when this was announced, like, my eyes exploded. Uh, we've got Nick Fury and Talos. Remember them from Marvel Studios, Captain Marvel. They're back. And so what we heard during Investor Day is that uh, Marvel Studios Secret Invasion is a new series coming to Disney+. Plus. It has uh, Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos reprising their roles. Um, and it's going to be a crossover comic event series showcasing a faction of shape-shifting scrolls who have been infiltrating Earth for years. It's going to tie into just the larger MCU uh, in really really cool ways I can't wait yes oh my god I this was just one of the ones that I was like what <laughs> um a, another one next up Marvel Studios Ironheart y'all Riri <laughs> Williams is gonna be in the MCU <laughs> I am so excited they announced Dominique Thorne who is from If Beale Street Could Talk um, a wonderful young actress playing Riri Williams uh, and of course uh, sort of in the spirit of Iron Man, she has her own mech suit. 
Um, wow. I am just so excited to see that. Um, and that will be coming to Disney Plus uh, as a series. So I can't not wait. I'm just also like, hello, shout out to the first African-American woman to helm a Marvel Studios series. It's a big one. That's hell a big yeah. one. That's a big, there's moment, th- those moments always make me happy for a couple reasons. But one of the things they make me happy for is always Halloween. Because when you walk out and there are all right. these little girls dressed in mech suits and, oh. and you know, they have, they're going to look like, you know, look like Wanda. They're going to look like Riri. They're going to look like Shiri. I mean, that, those are those moments when you walk out and you look at them, you walk out and they're, they're going house to house and you're like, oh, when I was a kid, this is what I would hope would yeah. happen. And now it's happening. My little Catherine Grace, she's 14 months old now. I can't, like when she's trick or treating and old enough to have, or just want costumes, the number of characters that I yes. can show her and like she can see herself. Oh man. Oh it's, man. It's so, gonna guys, be something. I didn't plan to cry today, but you're gonna make me. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's the, it's that moment where you walk on Halloween and you see little girls being able to be whatever they want to be. And that's the thing that these these young women are going to be superheroes and they're, you're going to see them out there shooting invisible lasers and hitting people and it's going to be great. And you're going to go, no, Saving don't hit them with the stick, but it's awesome. still going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and then, then, of course, okay, I am a fan of this brother since he was a background dancer in Angela Winbush's video back in the 80s. This is Mr. Don Cheadle. He will be back in the role of James Rhodes in Marvel Studios' Armor Wars, a.k.a. War Machine. Come on. This is an original series on Disney+. Plus. It's a classic Marvel story about Tony Stark's worst fear coming true. What happens when his tech falls into the wrong hands? And the man, of course, to handle it. Is Rhodey himself. I mean, listen, I remember being a kid and the Secret Wars action figures coming out and they had War Machine. I had that gray and uh, that gray on gray action figure. And now it's a series and Don Cheadle is the man. This is the one. I, yeah, I'm going to be crying on this day. Oh, I know. <laughs> lie. It's so cool to see what is like coming with Tony Stark's legacy. Um, oh, also. Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is coming to Disney Plus. Um, Okay, this everything about this tickles me because obviously, you know, there's a great legacy in the like 70s and 80s of films like Star Wars having holiday specials, which are so iconic. And I, you know, we we don't have a lot of details on what this will be yet, but just the idea of the Guardians of the Galaxy, their close ties to music and sort of pop culture of around the 70s, 80s. This is going to just be the jams. Um, also, James Gunn is back to write and direct it. So, you know, Come it's on. just going to be like the sweetest tasty juice. Uh, yeah. He talked about, they talked about how he was work, he's been like working on this or they'll be working on this as they're working on Marvel Studios Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. 3. I, I can't wait. Oh, man. Yeah, and that's going to come to Disney Plus in 2022. Speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, there's that character that, you know, just, I'm not saying the group isn't great. I'm not saying the group isn't dope. I'm not saying the group isn't powerful. But there's something about Groot that just makes you happy. And Marvel Studios has a brand new series called I Am Groot. It's a series of shorts that are going to be on Disney Plus. And just think about this. Groot, the character that just says, I am Groot is getting his own series. That's going to be awesome. Just the fact that every time he says, I am Groot, it's going to be different. It's going to be get out. It's going to be hello. It's going to be I'm hungry. It's going to be go here, go there. I cannot wait for this series. This is going to be good. Thank you, Marvel Studios, for this one. And Disney Plus, well done. Groot is 
is like the biggest heart of the Marvel Universe just yes. about. He's like the sweetest sweet boy. I can't wait. Uh, well, you know who's not a sweet boy? The character Gore the God Butcher, which <laughs> yeah, we yeah, officially yeah. got announced, will be played by Academy Award winning actor Christian Bale in oh. Marvel Studios Thor Love and Thunder, which hits theaters May 6, 2022. Gore the God Butcher is a character that uh, first appeared in um, Thor comics by Jason Aaron and Isadra Beach. And his, his tale over several, I think it's like seven years, we see him pop up here and there. Some of the my favorite comics of all time helped me love Thor in ways I never thought I would. Gore is an incredible character. I am terrified for what this movie will be in all the best ways. It's gonna oh, be this so is going to be fun. I mean, they've already promised us so much goodness from last Comic-Con. Yeah. With, uh, you know, Natalie Portman being handed the hammer by Taika Waititi. So, yeah. oh man, give me this movie. I And Gore, get... This is going to be something. Yep. Now, this one is very, very close to my heart. Uh, I'm bragging, and I have no problem bragging about it. We grew up together. Uh, we rapped together. We freestyled together. Our parents went uh, to dinner all the time. He's got an Academy Award, and I, he's got two Academy Awards, and I've got a Tony, and we both laughed about that. My man, my homeboy, Mahershala Ali, Marvel Studios is bringing Blade. I have we as kids, we thought about being superheroes and my man is one of the best superheroes. Marvel Studios, Mahershala Ali and Blade is coming out. And let me tell you, y'all remember the old Blade and it was dope. But just imagine what we can do now with Marvel Studios. This is going to be epic. I, I am sitting back. All the all the brothers up in the Bay are just like waiting for this to hit because we all used to watch <laughs> Mahershala just dunk on fools on the basketball court and now he's going to be slicing vampires. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, also, speaking of some epic stuff, we've got Marvel Studios' Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to learn what that means exactly. Uh, Peyton Reed is back to direct the third ant-man film um he's already done a wonderful job with the ant-man films prior so uh this is going to be bringing back paul rudd evangeline lily michael douglas and michelle pfeiffer um and this is really exciting coming back as cassie lang we have katherine newton who i think a lot of people probably know best from like uh freaky or detective pikachu she is hilarious so i can't wait to see what she's all about plus Plus, hold on to your ding-dang hats. Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror. You know that I am obsessed, obsessed with Lovecraft Country. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he is so fabulous on that show. He acts his butt off. Yes. I cannot wait to see him as Kang the Conqueror, one of the most epic villains in the Marvel Universe of all time. Yes. That's going to be ridiculous <laughs> i'm sorry this this every actor in their head just goes you want to be the hero but if you get to be the villain then then you've you've there, there's a, there's a certain place you 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 put yourself and your, your people put you like i'm the heavy because every good hero needs a slamming villain and then we just move right into just legendary territory ladies and gentlemen i'm just going to say this title out and leave it there for a couple seconds marvel studios black panther 2 
I had to leave that silence there for a minute because Black Panther was such a iconic moment for everyone, especially folks of color, but just for everyone. It was awesome to see, like, again, a Halloween moment of seeing little kids, white and black, dressed as T'Challa and walking around being a part of Wakanda. But Black Panther 2 opening July 8th, 2022. Of course, Ryan Coogler is coming back, the man who just completely tore up the Marvel Universe with creating Wakanda. They are going to be honoring the amazing Chadwick Boseman, his legacy and his portrayal of T'Challa. Marvel Studios said, and I'm so glad, will not recast the character, but instead they're going to explore the world of Wakanda and the rich characters introduced in the first film. Like I said, when we when we saw Wakanda, it was literally just touching the surface, and now we're going to actually explore this amazing land and the amazing people who encompass this place. I I'm so excited and for it to become like an honoring of Chadwick Boseman, of what he did, what he stood for as an actor in Hollywood. I'm, I I have no words. I, I just can't wait for this bad boy to come out. July 8th, 2022 can't come fast enough. Yeah. And then with the mic drop moment of the night, Kevin Feige finished the presentation by announcing that Marvel Studios is working on a Fantastic Four <laughs> feature film and John what? Watts will direct what? it. Uh, I, uh, I I jumped up and I cheered. I threw my arms up. I love the Fantastic Four. To see them get the proper full treatment from Marvel Studios the way they should. And I, you know John Watts is going to bring humor and heart and action and everything to it. It's it's going to be it's going to be so good. I, I mean, John this Watts is... has done such amazing work on the Spider-Man films that I mean I can't wait to see that kind of love put into the Fantastic Four films. Like also, you're talking about it. You're talking about a legacy of the first family of Marvel. And they have not, they have not gotten their proper due in a cinematic form. I mean, no, no disrespect to Roger Corman, no disrespect to the early 2000s, no disrespect to the reboot, but they have not gotten this is the Fantastic Four. This is Johnny Storm. This is Reed Richards. This is Sue Richards. This is the thing. This is the group that, you know, there's Spider-Man and everybody, but this is the group that, you know, Marvel was built on. This group needs the respect it that that it, it deserves. And the, I can't wait for the Marvel Cinematic Universe to give them that. I'm, I'm so excited. My, my favorite thing, honestly, of just being on social media when all of this stuff was coming out was just everybody being like, what, what? what really (laughs) we can have this like everyone was just like thank you and also just like thank you marvel studios for bringing us so much good news at the end of like a really truly wild year thank you for giving us something to look forward to because i think our collective souls needed this also there's a moment when you're when you're a kid and you think about what could be And we all thought, what could be when we get to the year 2020? And this was not the year we thought we were going to have. And then to end it off, for those of us who grew up in the 80s and the 90s looking at comic books and saying, oh, that can't be done because we don't have the technology. And now we do? And 2021 and 2022 is going to give it to us? Come on. I'm I'm mad excited. (laughs) As are we all. What an incredible array of announcements, news, reveals. Uh... Uh, again, if you need, to, if you want to see the videos, get all the information in one place, go to marvel.com, check it out. And let's get on with the rest of the ding dang show. Whew. Yeah. And of course, we know everybody is super excited about Kate Bishop and all things Hawkeye, especially right now, which is the perfect time because Kate Bishop just dropped in Marvel's Avengers, the, the video game. Yeah. 
She's so awesome. Her mission is flipping cool because what does she do? She gets into a time travel adventure with the worst Hawkeye, Clint Barton, sporting a very tight hairdo, very tight to the scalp. Very tight. Very (laughs) tight. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's got time travel, like you said. It's got the super adaptoid. It's um, she's got really cool powers. I love super adaptoid. Just making an appearance, like one of these, like you know, these Avengers villains from like back in the day. Kind of these villains that you're like, this is cuckoo bananas. Yeah. But then it comes to Marvel's Avengers, and they make it super dope and cool. And I'm stoked about it. Yeah, he basically has all the powers and all the weapons of all the Avengers, and then you have to fight him. So. Bully for you when you get in to play the game. Uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff that joins Kate Bishop and her mission. Lots of cosmetics. And then even uh, a big old patch that includes a ton of stuff for the game. So jump on into Marvel's Avengers on PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, and the Stadia update with Kate will be available soon. Yeah, go play it. She's the coolest. Plus, if you guys haven't noticed, there are a bunch of new posters on Marvel.com for Marvel Studios' WandaVision. They're also cool. They showed the sort of decades that we're looking at, but each time it's the same sort of TV set and decor uh, and a little picture of Wanda and Vision on the TV, but they're you know different throughout the decades. They're very cool. You should check them out over on Marvel.com. And of course, go over and watch the series on January 15th, which is so soon, streaming on Disney+. Plus. It's truly wild. I am so excited. The 80s, 90s one with Paul Bettany's hair. It's like, (laughs) wow. Wow. I mean, I'm living for Elizabeth Olsen in her full house fantasy. Like, oh my God, give it to me. With the the top, like the half down hair with the the top pony. Ugh, chef's kiss. Come on, but the 70s one, I mean, the 70s, like the, the, the 60s, 70s one looks really, really cool with the mutton chops on the side. That's, that's like really, I mean, that's like, I just, like, I, I just, all I see is like Starsky and Hutch for those who know what that show is. I know you don't really think of Viz having facial hair, but I'm here for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm with it. I'm with it. This is dope. Something that we're also with this week is the premiere of Marvel's Declassified. Woo, woo, woo. woo, woo, woo. Lorraine, why are yeah, you yeah, so yeah, excited yeah. about this? I am on it. Yes! You're not just on it. You are running the game. Truthies. Yeah, um, yeah no, I've been uh, working on this show and developing this show for a long, long time, and I'm so glad it got made. The first episode is up right dang now. Zachary Goldberg, who produces This Week in Marvel, also produced the first episode. Lorraine, real quick, what's the elevator pitch on Marvel's Declassified? What is the show? Marvel's Declassified declassifies the never-before-told stories behind Marvel's greatest tales. So we're diving into the true juicy secrets and history of how everything at Marvel gets made, essentially. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Episode one is titled Origins. And this is personally one of my favorite episodes of the entire series. It's super fun. It looks back at Marvel's earliest comics, its earliest days, and how superheroes started the Marvel Universe, but then kind of drifted into the background. And all of these new genres from sci-fi to horror to romance came and took their place. And there's a ton of really interesting reenactments. So I cannot wait for you guys to listen to it. It's live right now on the SiriusXM app and the desktop player for SiriusXM. And I know you guys are going to love it. All right. So let's check out this clip where we have you, Lorraine, along with your co-host and our friend Evan Narciss talking about Captain America in hell and the transition away from superhero comics, which when I was doing all my research about Marvel's 80th anniversary, this was one of my favorite topics to dig into. So this is super cool. 
Yep, this is it. Captain America's final issues in the 1940s. I think this is so cool because it shows the shift away from superheroes in a very literal way. Captain America, you know, had these really wonderful patriotic storylines during World War II and, and even for a little bit after. And it was, you know, quite popular during its day. But starting with issue number 74 in 1949, the book suddenly changes its name from Captain America Comics, as it had been for nearly a decade, and it becomes Captain America Weird Tales. Uh-oh. Yeah, and it delivers on the weird tales. I mean, the story begins with Captain America's nemesis, the Red Skull, who is a big red-faced skull man. <laughs> truly like a symbol of the occult. He's now in hell, gleefully writing Captain America's name in the Book of Death. When Satan isn't looking... <laughs> now I can enter the name of the man I hate most in the world. So a hell demon sees Cap's name in the Book of the Dead, kidnaps him, and casts him down into hell. <laughs> Your journey to the lower region is at <laughs> oh my god i mean this is a captain america comic this is crazy well that was awesome lorraine i listen to everything you do so you Aww. fans need to listen to it whatever she's on she's dope and of course you could find marvel's declassified on the sirius xm app and desktop player and it's available with most sirius xm subscriptions i want i know that ryan would love to do this but i want to do this for ryan ryan's favorite character ryan's character right the, the character that ryan thinks should be running and the center of the marvel universe and all the universe modok he is now on the marvel legends series there's a six inch scale figure of this character guys you guys are going to <laughs> you guys can't see it but he's literally like petting his, his modok character right now Fans, collectors, and kids alike can enjoy this amazing Marvel Legends series of the Modoc figure. Inspired by the character from the Marvel comics, this quality six-inch scale figure features premium design. Now, I'm not kidding, y'all. This is like a real, you know, you, you go to some toy stores and you like see the characters and they kind of look like them. No, no, this is like, this is for the collectors. This is for folks that really love the character. But it's not just Modoc. I mean, they're going to have all of our favorite characters. Wolverine, Cyclops, Magneto, Charles Xavier, Jean Grey, the Omega Sentinel, and Moira McTaggart. You've got to, you got to see these characters these things are like sculptures but they're action figures this was the new marvel legends drop and it was out of control because I, yeah. I thought they were just like oh they're gonna announce like one figure or two mm -hmm. figures it's like all those house of x and powers of 10 figures you just talked about which those are really cool i love that on top of the modok which you buried one of the leads he's got changeable face plates james <laughs> you can make him look he like looks Angry or more angry. Right. Yeah. So like you can change him from looking like he's upset to, to more upset, which yes. is kind of what goes on with, with, with MODOK, which is great. But then, oh. of course, there's the Deadpool from Deadpool 2 figure. That one is Amazon exclusive. And then there's the Walgreens exclusive of Silver Surfer. Come on. I mean, And the Silver Surfer has Mjolnir, so I believe it's tied to the Thanos win storyline where Silver Surfer had Mjolnir, and it was a whole thing. Guys, you, you know you've been into a Walgreens. You're looking in there. You're going in there for some mints. And then you just, especially the, especially us nerds, we happen to walk in for mints or a toothbrush, and we just happen to find our way down the action figure aisle. If you see the Silver Surfer, 
pick it up for some other nerd picks it up because you'll be really upset if you try to go back like an hour later go oh now i should have gotten it because you know you always walk into walgreens then you go no i don't need it and you walk out and when you walk back in what you want is gone don't do that if you walk in get your mints <laughs> get your candy get your toothbrush grab the figure and run out of there I know. Well, some I child love... gets it and doesn't know what to do with it. Takes out of the box. He starts playing with it like Toy Story. Sorry, I'm, I just got rid of it. <laughs> no, I love these Marvel Legends figures because you know they have so many different characters. Yeah. They're really, really like fine detailed, and they're just like the best. Like they're just a million different characters. Like I mean, this is like a huge drop of different characters, but there are like a bajillion more. Like they have a living laser. Like who knew? Can I figure. can I tell you what I'm excited about? Just because just because as a child I loved this cartoon. Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Spider-Man's amazing friends is what like, like sparked so much Marvel in me. The fact that they have Firestar with Ms. Lion. Now if you don't know who Miss Lion <laughs> is, ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Lion is their cute little dog. And Ms. Lion has no powers, does nothing. She is literally there for the cuteness of the show, and it's worth it. <laughs> I know when I see, I know when I see this figure, I'm getting it. I do I love Firestar, but I'm getting it for Ms. Lion. I'm not gonna lie. I when I saw that drop, I was like, oh, James is gonna love this one. <laughs> so good. Also, fun fact: I think Ms. Lion is actually supposed to be a male dog. Yes, in in the what? comics, yeah, yeah, Ms. Lion was introduced in the comics, and they explored it. Where Ms. Lion is a boy. I did not know this. Yes. See, that's why you got to listen to Declassified because <laughs> yes. Lorraine will come through. Lorraine will come through with these with these nuggets, with these nuggets of knowledge that you don't know. And you'll only hear them on Sirius XM Radio with Marvel Declassified. So, see, you have to come here so you can go there. Look, man, this, this is what your life has to be. It's got to be a circle of knowledge. Lorraine, that is a request. If you get a season two of Marvel's Declassified, please Ms. do Lion? an episode all about... Spider-Man and his amazing friends yes. and the gender of Ms. Lyon. Done. <laughs> Thank Easy. you. Easy. That can fill 40 minutes for sure. Oh, 1,000%. <laughs> Seriously. All right. Um, well, let's talk about something horrifying. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> Alien number one. Yeah. Um, this is so cool. I've been really excited about this, especially as I've been like exploring my horror movies this month, although I have not rewatched Alien, so I got to do that. But there is a new comic written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, who worked on Empire, Captain America, as well as, you know, Salvador La Roca. And it is just going to be like a thrilling addition to just an incredible legacy based around, of course, the film from 1979. So it's going to be a new story. It's going to be really, really cool. Yeah, this one I, I'm super excited about because Philip Kennedy Johnson, he did that Empire, Captain America book, which turned into like a really cool body horror nasty mm -hmm. thing but he also just wrote the marvel zombies resurrection comic oh, which right, is yeah. great nice. dude knows his horror really really well and you don't get much better in terms of horror than the original alien so yeah, that's true this is going to be real cool it's sort of set around the all the continuity and all the kind of cool stuff uh and there's a great cover which everybody can check out by in hyuk lee uh, on marvel.com i super excited by this one i love alien so I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to this one i'm, I'm gonna read it with the lights on because i don't want to have bad dreams <laughs> lorraine you mentioned your horror movie watching over the past couple months i rewatched krampus and actually we watched it yeah, on krampus yeah, knocked yeah. which is actually the night that krampus is supposed to be there it's saint nicholas night and then krampus follows like there's a whole thing about it uh my wife or a lot of her family's from eastern europe so she was telling me some of the thoughts and traditions behind it so we watched krampus which is you know one of the writers is one of my dear friends todd casey uh, i love the movie i'd seen it in a while but man it's so freaking good is Just, it really good because i really want to so see it. great it's so okay. silly and scary and 
there's anthropomorphic gingerbread men that were just my favorite. They're evil. Nightmare, like jack-in-the-box creatures and all kinds of nasty stuff. I may have to add that to the list, to the Christmas list. My wife and I are watching a different Christmas movie every night, but we have two nights free. So we have to add Krampus to the list. Put Krampus in there. Yeah. What, what, have, you, what have you been watching? Let's see. We did, uh, we did the Grinch cartoon. Oh, I we watched that. We did Scrooged. We did Mickey's Haven't Christmas yet. Carol. And we did Die Hard 1 and 2. Oh, and we watched Christmas Story and just cracked up laughing. I haven't literally haven't seen Christmas Story in full in like years. And I completely just, it was, it's still as funny as it always has been. So we got, we got some, some ways to go. I watched Muppet Christmas Carol, and yes. that is the greatest Christmas Carol. You can fight <laughs> me. I don't care. There is, there is, there is a moment. There's a moment. Okay. As a, as a person who I, I, I act for a living, you know, and I love it, but there's a moment where you realize that Michael Caine is giving one of the greatest performances surrounded by only, I think, two other human beings. But there's a moment where he begins to cry like a baby, like he's going for the Oscar in front of the ghost of Christmas uh, future. And you're like, that's a Muppet. And you are <laughs> acting like this movie is up for an Oscar. Michael Caine is playing this. I think one of the greatest things is when you're in, when in a moment, sorry, this is all tangent. When you're in a moment of absurdity in a show or in a movie or in a TV show, it's how serious you play it, which is what brings the audience in. And Michael plays it as if this isn't a Muppet movie. He plays it like it's real. And that's one of the things that makes this Muppet Christmas Carol so damn good because Michael is Michael's for real. He's Scrooge. <laughs> um, all right. Let's uh, let's keep this train rolling. What, a couple more things to talk about. Uh, this one is real fun. And we missed it last week, but I had to include it because John Mulaney has reprised his role as Spider-Ham in the most unlikely of places in a little uh, two-minute short called Back on the Air. It's a little video with John Mulaney as Spider-Ham, and it's a tie-in to Marvel Contest of Champions, the mobile game. It's wild. You have Spider-Ham fighting what looks like the MCU version of Vulture at one point and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. I was watching it. I was like, what's happening here? It's great. But it, most importantly, it also features Mojo, one of my favorite characters, another big, bad, weird boy. And we just put out a video, Lorraine and I and the team on Earth's Mightia Show put out a video that features Mojo mm -hmm. because we did our favorite X-Men the Animated Series episodes. Oh, yeah. That was really, really fun. You guys should go watch that over on Marvel.com. Um, also, I love when Contest of Champions has incongruous character universes yes. fighting each other because it's like my fanfic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, all right. It is time for our interview. It is time for the mother freaking Undertaker. Ladies and gentlemen, the 30-year legend, WWE, soon-to-be Hall of Famer, The Undertaker. For those of you who don't know, there's this amazing 6'10 wrestler named Mark Calloway. And basically, at the time where in wrestling where there was only one big, huge star like Hulk Hogan, you had a couple others, Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, there was a guy who came in in, I think, 1990 or 89 as The Undertaker at Survivor Series. And basically, at that moment, the wrestling landscape changed. Absolutely 
changed. He brought in, as big as his character was, he brought in the storytelling. Basically, like we do with Marvel, he brought in the storytelling. Every match had to have a story. It wasn't just like guy against guy. It was always some story. And it wasn't like a regular story. It was always some unworldly story. Kind of like what you do when you read like a Marvel comic and you see Galactus or the Fantastic Four. The Undertaker brought in this mythical madness that lasted for 30 years in the WWE and unlike other wrestlers he was loyal to the WWE I mean literally there <laughs> for 30 years and his character morphed over time rolling with the decades keeping us going it is amazing this man is literally a freaking legend and Ryan and I got to talk to him so you could tell I kind of nerded out <laughs> yeah I, I might have blacked out a little bit I don't know but I just hold it we were there with the Undertaker yeah. and it was great <laughs> Lorraine, you'll dig this. We didn't even get to this in the interview, but before Mark Calloway, aka The Undertaker, became The Undertaker, he had a great name in WCW. James, I don't know if you watched WCW back in the 80s, but I did. Oh, yeah. um, we watched it at my grandparents' house, and he, his character on WCW was called Mean Mark Callis, yes. and he was just a big, big mean guy, and I feel like <laughs> that is like Lorraine's, like, that's the perfect way to get Lorraine into wrestling. Oh, he's just a big mean man. Yeah, that's, like, that's it's his me, character. Meanie McMean. <laughs> yes, and you know, and then going and doing everything that James said. It's it's really cool, James. You and I have both been able to see him wrestle a number of yes. times over the years and see him perform, and it's it's hard to explain that feeling that you get when you're in an arena full of ten, twenty, seventy, eighty thousand people, and the lights, everything goes off. And everything yep. goes quiet, and then you hear a dong, like yep. this this bell ring, slowly, and then like his music swells, and the like, it's just such a really the cool theatrical moment that you can't experience. The level of excitement for the Undertaker in a ring in his prime and as he was about to retire, ladies and gentlemen, the best way to explain it is: Do you remember that moment in Marvel Studios Captain America Civil War when Spider Man showed up? And all of a sudden, Iron Man goes, hey, under rules, and Spider-Man showed up. That swelling of energy that you had, that moment of nerdness that you had, is what happens when The Undertaker enters an arena. There's that moment where you, you are a strong human being, but you don't know why you're screaming, and your hands are in the air, and you're Eurek <laughs> and you go, I look ridiculous, but you really don't care. That's how it is when The Undertaker shows up. It's really Y'all talk cool. about this. Like it's a religious experience. It I'm is. ready to join the WWE it church. Is. Yes, there, <laughs> it is. I can't wait to see that live again because part of what I think James and I love so much about wrestling is that it's the feeling that we get with comics and superheroes. Yeah. It's mm. like watching these larger than life characters go out and perform and do these things and it's good versus evil. It's giant moves. And when you see someone jump you know, from like off the top of a steel cage down onto the floor, like 20 feet, you're like that that's in that that's a wild stunt to see happen live. They put their bodies on the line yeah. they do all these wild things and they actually tell stories. It's really, really cool. That's the thing. It's the most base theater you can do the base way of telling a story because, okay, just imagine a comic book 
but it's no no thought bubbles and no words. It's just the panels. That's what professional wrestling is. They have to tell a story physically. And if you can do that, if you can get that audience on your side without talking, then you've done the job. But not just that, you've transcended the job because you're telling the story so well that folks have forgotten that the end is predetermined. Folks have forgotten that they're not trying to really kill each other. And you've just gotten so into the story. It's like when you're reading a comic and you're like, you know what's happening, but you're so into it that you've got to turn the page and you've got to come back the next week and you've, then you've got to go to SiriusXM and listen to Marvel Declassified so you can find <laughs> out how everything happened, how everything worked behind the scenes to create these amazing pages. That's what <laughs> comics and wrestling is like. And if we don't stop talking about this and get to the interview, we'll still be talking about this. But this interview is great. All right. Here's Ryan and James speaking with The Undertaker. All right, James and I are freaking out. Completely. We're very excited because The Undertaker <laughs> is now on This Week in Marvel. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. And, uh, looking forward to talking, man. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, 30 years of... Thirty years of the dead man. It's an honor. It's an honor. I have seen you. I saw you when I was a kid at Oakland Coliseum, back when there was no Titan Tron. You were walking, and there were literally security next to you, and you were you towered over the security. I was like, "How are they protecting him?" It was just one of the coolest moments ever. So sitting <laughs> sitting here looking at you is like really. Ryan knows I'm freaking out, so it's amazing. It's an honor. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that, man. I I, I love I love though I love that when when you know I, I talk with people that not even about me, but they're just so excited. So it always makes for makes for great interviews. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited because I have a one year old daughter. And, um, you know, she's not she's a little too young to, to really understand wrestling. But I can't wait to put it on and see who her favorite characters are. And because yeah, I, I'm, I'm like with James, I grew up watching you and, and getting excited and getting scared <laughs> at times. because <laughs> yeah. The character is so big and cool. And we appreciate it. <laughs> So one of the things we always like to do, because this is a Marvel show, just like to get a sense of like, what's your Marvel origin story? Obviously, we're going to talk a lot about 30 years of The Undertaker, but what was the first time you ever heard about Marvel, the characters? What was it for you? I mean, as a kid, I mean, you know, especially when I was a kid, you know, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of content on TV, uh, you know, so you, you kind of lived through comic books and waited for the you know, the next edition of to come out to see what happened with Daredevil or who, you know, I remember it so, so vividly, man. It's just like, that was, that was like a season premiere of, of, a, of a TV show back then you know, <laughs> as a kid. Um, so I have to ask, I mean, I know some of our listeners may not know who you are. If they are, they've no, no offense. They, they, they should, but you're, cause you're a legend. But, um, how did you first enter the world of professional wrestling? So I was in college. Uh, I was a basketball player. So I'm, full scholarship and uh, kind of between my my junior and senior year my coach at the end of the year told me said hey you're getting a lot of a uh, lot of chat from like these European pro teams and you know the kind of the feedback he was he, he was getting was like you, you know you might be able to get you know try out and make a team somewhere uh, they suggest that you bulk up a little bit get a little more size on you which I was already lifting weights I was no, we're talking, you know, 85, I guess, somewhere in there. I'm a, I'm a power forward at 230, 235, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, for a basketball player at that time, that's a pretty big guy. You know, I look back at the pictures and I look like a praying mantis, you know, <laughs> but, uh, 
So I was already lifting weights, but I mean, I kind of took it to a whole nother level between my junior and senior year. So I think that was about maybe 240 when I left for summer. And uh, I show back up my senior year, and I weigh 287 pounds. Holy crap. <laughs> so, so what had happened in the, during the summer is, like, I start, I start working out at this gym. And uh, there was a guy, there was a, a kid, and he, he was about a year or so younger than I was, but he was, like, a trainer there. And every day I'd come in to work out, and he would be like, uh, hey, man, he said, let's do this. Uh, I'm going to get into wrestling and, and, uh, you know, I'm looking for somebody to go through, you know, wrestling school with me. And, I, you know, I was kind of like, and I was a huge wrestling fan as a kid, right? I grew up in Houston with Paul Bosch's Houston wrestling. And, but I'd kind of, when I got into other sports, I'd kind of, you know, gotten away from the product a little bit, but, uh, every day I'd come in, it was the same thing. We had the same conversation every day. And I was like, no, man, I think I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, do my senior year and I'm going to go try and play some pro ball in Europe. So finally, the one thing I kind of pride myself on is really being able to assess what my abilities are and what my abilities aren't. And the more I thought about it, you know, you have to think now, like I'm 21 years old, 20, 21 years old, you know, so I started, I kind of started processing all this and like, do I really want to go to Lithuania, at, you know, and, and if I do, even if I can make a team, you know, how long do I really have? So now I kind of start watching, you know, I'm starting to watch wrestling again and catching up with the product and, you know, Bill Watts is mid South is, is just killing, right. Everybody, you know, you got Dr. Death and oh, yeah. Duggan and junkyard dog, all these, yeah. you know, all these guys. And I'm like, Whoa, Kamala's there. I'm like, Oh, this is different. This is good. Right. So next thing you know, I'm like, all right, man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, start training. So during the course of the summer, so I'm, I'm lifting weights like crazy. I'm playing summer, I'm playing summer league basketball and, and I'm training for wrestling. <laughs> All it's, you know, so it, I, I go back my senior year, my coach completely freaks out first day he sees me, right? He's like, he, he bans me from the weight room. I mean, we're, this is old school mentality, right? Like yeah. size equates with, with, you know, not as much, you know, although I was faster, I could jump higher. I just weighed, you know, I was almost 290 pounds. I got banned from the weight room. And at this point, I've already got the bug in me, right? Like the wrestling bug has taken over everything. And uh, one day at practice, we were doing some, uh, like a hustle drill. We're all at midcourt. We're, we're lined up on each side. Coach throws it like a jump ball. You tip it, and then you scramble to see who gets possession of the ball, right? Well, everybody's terrified of me. <laughs> Because I'm, you know, they're all basketball players, and now I'm this huge. Anyway, this kid, I don't know, he was about six foot nine, and I don't know, maybe one eighty. <laughs> and we went up, and he didn't, you know, he just undercut me. Oh. He, he just flat undercut me, but he was so thin that he knocked himself down, <laughs> and I landed on top of him, right, <laughs> right. So I just come up immediately, and I walk over. I, I regret it, but to this day, but I walked over, you know, to this guy and he's laying there on the ground. I stepped on his chest and I said, if you ever do that again, I'll break your neck. <laughs> Callaway, get out of here, right? So I get thrown out of practice, right? And it was at that moment, at that moment right then where I go, I'm done. Yeah. So the coach is just cutting this big promo on me and I'm going to each guy on the team and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm out. I was like, 
I, I hate to do this to you guys, but you know, I, I'm done. And so I finally, you know, he's the coach is still cutting a promo on me. And I can hear a couple of guys going, coach, stop it. He ain't coming back. And he goes, ah, he'll be back. <laughs> and how should we say the rest is history. I, I love, you know, you mentioning some of the names in there, um, in there, you know, like Kamala and Buzz Sawyer and, and Jim Duggan and, you know, junkyard dog. It's like, they're these characters, uh, you know, we're talking about Marvel. We're talking, you know, characters and, and wrestling. Mm -hmm. And it's so cool. And I think, 30 years of the undertaker in wrestling in WWE doing all this. And I think of Marvel where we have been in the last 30 years, I've been a Marvel 14 years and I've seen it change incredibly in that time. And I think 30 years ago, what Marvel and comics and everything was like, how has wrestling changed in the last 30 years? Wow. <laughs> it's amazing because you know, I think each generation kind of looks at the generation coming after them and kind of, you know, they kind of roll their eyes. And <laughs> so, you know, we had, when I came in and we were just loaded with all these over the top characters, they were over the top characters, but they don't, I don't think they really understood how important their characters were to what they were doing. And, and I think that's probably the reason that I've been able to have the success that I've had is because I put the character first and foremost above everything else. The stuff that I could do athletically, my physical gifts, they all kind of had to take a step back. And I had to learn, I had to teach myself because that was my, what I always thought was my wheelhouse was like, okay, I'm this big dude that actually can move and do these things. But then it didn't really work when the Undertaker character came along, right? Because this guy is, is, a, is a stalker, a real methodical type. So I had to figure out how to work all that in together, but it was always it always had to fit the narrative and the story of what I was trying to tell with, with this, you know, this ominous dark character. And, and, you know, so the character and storytelling has always been the most important thing to me. Yeah. You know, and I think today's generation, I think right now they're relying more on what they can do physically. One, I think uh, uh, in a lot of cases, the athletes are a little smaller I mean, we have some big dudes, but there's there's the smaller athletes that can do incredible, you know, guys like Ricochet. And I mean, the yeah. things that those guys, I mean, it's, I couldn't even imagine doing it. You know, I couldn't even visualize <laughs> it in my head. And, and these guys are actually able to do it. So I, I think if this generation can have that kind of athleticism and learn how to develop their characters because there's always going to be that time that comes in your career where you're not physically able to do a triple backflip with a twist onto the floor, onto somebody. You're just not physically yeah. able to do it. And if you want to maintain and keep, you know, people's invested in what you're doing, they've got to be invested in the character. They got to care about the individual as a person or a character, however, you know, however, you know, whatever it is you're trying to get across in the attitude era. I mean, man, you had such great care, Stone Cold, yeah. right? Everybody's, oh. you know, the working class man's hero, right? Yeah. And you bought it. You you could see, you know, you could see Steve cussing out, you know, his foreman on the job somewhere, <laughs> you know? Rock as, as this, you know, this mega maniac kind of so full of himself. He talked yeah. about himself in the third person. Those characters were so good. And all these guys knew them so well. Yeah, I think that's the biggest, that's the biggest, you know, gap 
in, in the generations now and where, where the guys are is they just need more, they need to put more emphasis on, on what it is they are. That makes a lot of sense. I've been watching wrestling since I was for 30 years, so I, I get you. I have to ask you this. I hope you have been asked this several times, but the Taker personality, I mean, the Taker mm-hmm. persona, the Undertaker character, truly, in my opinion, and in so many opinions, is the greatest character ever created for professional wrestling. I mean, there have been, like, the greatest wrestler or this and that, but as far as, like, characters right. and how it stands the test of time. Also, I have to say, as a fan, you are one of the dopest dudes in the ring, period. You are just amazing. But... Is there any performer that you see now that has a persona that makes you go, ah, that person has it. If they work on it, they can develop it into something. Who who on the roster do you see that has that thing? Because your character was so different when it came in. Who on the roster has that character that makes you think, wow, this could be the thing? Uh, I think, I think without a doubt, it's Bray Wyatt, the fiend. I mean, his character is, uh, once again, it's completely an entity on, onto itself. The reactions that he gets are, are so different. There's so many levels to it. I, I, I'm really a fan of it because, you know, one minute he's this guy. And yeah. then, you know, when the buttons get pushed, he turns into <laughs> this guy. It's not easy. It, it really, uh, you know, for what we do and, and doing things live and, and uh, it, it's not an easy thing to do. And uh, I think he's doing a great job. I think it's only going to get better as he falls into it more and more and, and engrosses himself into it. I think it, he's going to have a long run with this. Extra shout out to Bray because uh, yeah, he's a Marvel fan. He's a yeah. big Thor fan. I know he reads our Thor comics. He's been on the show yeah. before. Love Bray. Great dude. My favorite guy is actually over your right shoulder there, man. I love Deadpool. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. On, on our, our video call, this is a talking Deadpool. <laughs> Um, but I love talking about wrestling on our Marvel podcast. I, I've done it. You know, we've had so many wrestlers over the years on the show yeah. because comic book storytelling, superhero storytelling is so in my mind, so similar to wrestling storytelling. It's like ongoing. The characters evolve. They change. They they are. They, there's this feeling of, of reality to them. There's the good and the bad, the shades of gray, the battles, you know, like factions and teams and everything. It, it's just I love that aspect of it and it's like when someone's like oh i don't like comics or oh i don't like wrestling and but they like the other thing i'm like don't you understand they're like different sides of the same coin y'all it's it's crazy for you what do you think is the central appeal of wrestling most people have that aren't fans of wrestling they they have these preconceived ideas about what wrestling is right Either they, they come from the school, uh, uh, that's all fake, it's all this, it's all that. They have no clue what it physically takes to do what we do. You know, and then there's the other school that's just like, yeah, well, you know, they're good athletes, but whatever, whatever, whatever. I, I think what usually, if people, once they come to a live event, I think the appeal is, I think there's, there's something for everybody in wrestling, Right you might have a character that you identify with or a personality or, you know, whoever, like mom may like, you know, the mom may like Morrison, you know, with the abs and, and, and all that. And the kids, you know, the kids love Cena because he's, it's just, there's so many different varieties. You just can't put, okay, this is wrestling or this is a wrestler because there's so many flavors and there's so much, and even some of it's just the, 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 the presentation alone. Like there's nothing more really exciting, obviously outside of COVID times of a TV taping or a pay-per-view and my gosh, WrestleMania. I mean, that's just, 
I don't think there's anything that compares to, to WrestleMania on a non, you know, obviously a non COVID-19 year, uh, Texas stadium, my goodness, there was over a hundred thousand people there to watch a wrestling show. I mean, it really, it's just amazing that you have so many people from so many different walks of life. Once you're there though, all that goes away and you're a fan of WWE and everybody's kind of the same. And, you know, it, it's so cool. It just, I, I think it's the, it, it's the epitome of, of, of pop culture. And, you know, like I said, I, I just, there's just something for everybody. If, if you will go into it open-minded enough. I come from the world of Broadway. Uh, I've, I've been on Broadway for many, many years and several of uh, the WWE family Hamilton, has come right? to the Broadway show. Yes. Hamilton. And I've, performed at Radio City Music Hall and it's like the biggest place like to do the Tony Awards is like our version of WrestleMania but I have been to WrestleMania so as someone who has been to who's had the streak which is one of the coolest things what is it like to stand in the middle of the ring with 30 to 50 to 70,000 100,000 fans just screaming I mean is it, there's probably nothing you can compare it to but what is what is it like from you as a personal performer in the middle of that ring hearing all that it, it's one, first off, it's humbling. Uh, it really is. Because, you know, you, a lot of times you, you, you get caught up in the grind. And, you know, you're, you're, you're grinding through the year and you're working through different things. And you, everybody's goal is to get on the card at WrestleMania. And then once you get on the card, you want to work your way up the card. And then you obviously want to rest, you want a main event WrestleMania. But, you know, like Texas Stadium, obviously I'm a, I'm a Texas guy, right? And um, lifelong Dallas Cowboy fan, right? So there I am. There's all these things are playing in, right? And at your center, you're just looking around, and it's just an ocean of people. And I, I really felt it twice. I felt it at Wembley Stadium in '92. Um, it was one of those. I had that moment there where I was just looking out, like, "Wow, this is this is really really cool," because you know you're doing something right. And, and then the same thing I had. So in 92, and then all these years later, you know, I'm standing in front of 100,000, over 100,000 people, and you just see, just, you can't even make out faces. They go, it go it's just like, this is, just, this is as cool as it gets. And then you, 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 with me, I always put in perspective, because we went through some pretty lean times in our industry, where you could have, I could have took a handful of rocks and thrown them out in the crowd and not hit anybody. <laughs> So, but to go from, you know, and you, you put all that in perspective, right? So you're, you're thinking yeah. about that. Like, I remember when, you know, we couldn't fill up the CYC center in Scranton. We couldn't fill that up. <laughs> and now here you are standing in front of, you know, 100,000 people all around the world. It's humbling, man. It really is. And it, it just uh, kind of gives you that moment of like, we're doing something right. It's pretty cool. It makes everything, obviously, it makes all the aches and the pains and, all the other things that you sacrifice, you know, for even if it's just for a little bit, it, it's it makes it all worthwhile. Then I look at all like you wrestlers and all the cool stuff that you've been able to do and place you've gone to. And and I think of the ways you've touched people and, and, and it's like kids, especially now that I'm a father. It's like I think of everything in the world means to my daughter. For you, what are some of the or what's the coolest experience that being the undertaker, that being a professional wrestler has afforded you in your, your life? You know, and I, I'm really starting to appreciate this more since I did the docuseries, you know, since the last ride and, you know, kind of called it a day as far as, you know, being an in-ring performer. 
so obviously I'm doing more appearances now, you know, some of the, 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 the cons and, and all the other different things and is, is actually having one-on-one -on -one, like interactions with just my you know, regular fans that don't have access to me and to hear their stories of how you got them through certain points in their life. Like you don't think about that on, on a day-to-day -day basis. You're going out there and I'm trying to be the undertaker and I'm trying to entertain the masses, but you don't really think about how, you know, and I, I can't tell you how many of these stories that I hear, like, yeah, man, I was, I, I was on the cusp of ending my life. And if it hadn't been for you, you know, and you're, I mean, that's heavy, dude. You know, when you're sitting there and you're signing autographs and taking pictures and somebody, you know, it comes up and lays that on you. Yeah. It's like, Ooh, you know, it, it, it's heavy, Yeah, you know? And then, you know, when you come, when people come up to you and they start crying and then, you know, they give you a story like that and you just like, it just kind of, you know, it, it validates all the work and everything that you put into it because those are, there are people out there that are depending and you don't think about it. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm out here developing a cure for COVID. You, those are the things you look at and they, well, that, that's really important, but in an individual's life, just being there on Monday night so that they can tune in and tune out their crappy world that's going on around them just for an hour or two, you know, got them through. It got them through a period in their life that they may not have got through. I mean, that's, that's when you sit back and you think like you have that kind of effect on people, that's what's important. That to me is, is one of the coolest yeah. things that, that, that now I'm getting to experience is, is those, those one-on-one -on -one testimonials with fans and it's moving, man. On, on that note, I mean, the, one of the coolest things for me as a wrestling fan was that the WWE performed superstars would always sometimes step out of character. You know, you would watch Arsenio Hall and Macho Man Randy Savage, and don't get me wrong, I know Savage was very much savage, but like Hogan would step out and he would be, you know, Terry or they'd be Randy. You never did that. You were always Undertaker, but now as Mark Calloway being able to step out and talk about it, can you explain to people who don't know what the Undertaker Last Ride documentary is and how does it feel to show a lot more of yourself now when you were so guarded with the character for so many years? Well, uh, let's start there on that at, at end of it because it was extremely difficult. It seemed it's it didn't it seemed like it was so easy for you. It was well, it's edited, brother. Believe me, it's edited. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, uh, it, it's funny. The produce Dan Puccinelli, he who produced it, did an awesome job with it, with the uh, the last ride. His whole his whole team they they were really amazing. But uh, I, I remember. It was early on in this, and initially the, the whole concept, well, I, like when I, I thought it was going to be over with Roman Reigns, that was going to be it. I was so beat up, and I knew I, you know, I didn't have much gas left in the tank. And it kind of basically started with the premise, like I want to document some of these interactions because I never, I never really did that through my career. You know, I never took a lot of pictures, and I, I, so I wanted this stuff you know, the, the interactions that I was going to have because most, most everybody's there at WrestleMania. And so that's kind of how it all started. And then we just snowballed into this whole docuseries. But uh, I remember, you know, being at, being at a TV somewhere and, you know, I, I, I was talking with somebody and 
they're following me with the camera, right? And at this point in my career, everybody knows I don't, you know, at a character, I don't go on camera. Don't shoot me in a pre-tape accidentally. Don't shoot, see me standing and catering. Right? And everybody knew that, right? So I'm walking and I just happen to turn and there they are, you know, the camera crew's right here. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Are you? And, uh, you know, Dan was like, um, you ask us to? I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, my bad. I did. I did ask you guys to do that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. Just okay. Give me. Give me a minute. Right. So there's a couple times like early on. Like okay, just give me a minute. Let me do. Let me have this conversation. Then we can pick back up. But as we as we did as we went through it, then I was a little more. You know, I, I was a lot more accessible and uh, am open and 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 vulnerable in in, in certain occasions. But uh, so there yeah, there was a little bit of that initially. And then, you know, just kind of opening up about things. I'm really proud of how it all turned out. The, the docu-series and really proud, but there, there's certain, you know, there's, there's certain days that I, like still, I'm like, should I just kept the lid on it all? You know, <laughs> because it's just, it's ingrained in me, right? It's just, it's, it's what I did for 30 years. And it's, it's just, you know, I obviously, I think it's part of the reason why the character was successful as it was, because you didn't see me outside of, you know, there was a lot of things I had to turn down that anybody else probably would have jumped at the, you know, they were like, you're, you're turning down that, it's a role, it's a movie role, like, you know? One, like, one of the few things I did, I did an episode of this TV show, it was called um, Poltergeist, The Legacy. And, uh, you know, I said, and I remember them, them pitching it to me, it's like, Okay, you're you're this uh, soul taker kind of guy that comes back from hell to take people to escape. You know, I'm like, eh, okay, yeah, that's basically what I do. And it, and the character wasn't much different from the Undertaker. So I mean, I, I did that, but being you know the top company in the world, being the Undertaker. Yeah. I mean, that's what that was where I wanted to be, right? And I wanted to be the best that I could be at that. Uh, so I didn't got I didn't have aspirations of becoming a movie star or you know all those other things. If anybody's listening now, I'm more than open to it. You got some kind of <laughs> major role, Marvel. Marvel, I'm, Marvel I was going to get to that. Uh, yeah, we we got a mutual friend, Dave Batista. The right. Undertaker is not a great character for. I'm just saying. I'm going to throw that out there. Come on, it's out. It's out. <laughs> Taker versus Thanos. Come on, let's do this. I know where my money's on. <laughs> Look, you know, if somebody had told James and I at the beginning of the year we were going to be sitting oh. down, chatting with The Undertaker, just reflecting and, we and joking told you around crazy. and having fun, I would have said, you're crazy. It's 2020. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. You got to expect, true. You gotta I, expect I, it this year. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to say, as a wrestling fan, thank you. You have been fantastic. I was there uh, with the Roman Reigns, the, the you know, and I, I've seen you several times, and every time you have just been so, such an as a performer, such an amazing performer. I've never seen you not give 100% in the ring, on the mic, on the screen. Thank you for that. It was just an inspiration as a performer in a different field, just watching him like, Taker does it. I got to give my all every time I step on stage because this man kills it every time. Thank you. I appreciate that, man. That's, that's very nice. Thank you. I grew up going to the Nassau Coliseum. We had some rowdy crowds, but always, it was always great seeing you and, and the guys perform there. Is- so dang good. Yeah, Nassau was always a fun place to, the crowd was definitely rowdy. I remember going through the crowd once 
they're having a fight through the crowd and some somebody stood right in my way they got checked uh, yeah but that, <laughs> they got about three three rows of people but always a good time yeah undertaker thank you so much for your time and uh thank you very much yeah, undertaker I'm looking forward to seeing more and hearing more from what you do thanks guys i appreciate it oh you no. guys that, that happened. was that really happened I'm a convert. I'm I'm gonna go back to wrestling. I haven't kept up with it in a few years, but I'm gonna go back and check it out again. Go, go actually, just go back and watch the documentary on the Undertaker. Watching the documentary on Undertaker will get you wrapped back up in it. Cause just watching what this man is going through and what's happening in his life makes you go, you know what? Yeah, I gotta watch this. There's many more connections between wrestling and comics. Back in the '80s and '90s, we produced, we actually made WCW comics. There's a ton of wrestlers who are comic book fans. I know that interview only had a little bit of Marvel talk in there, but the freaking Undertaker knew Daredevil, knew Deadpool. Like, man, it was really cool. That was awesome. You guys are, have, are fully in eight-year-old mode. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> it is I mean, think about it. If you listen to the show right now, between Modak and Undertaker, I mean, it is nothing but children in here. This has been a heck of of a show for real all right so in light of all the amazing mcu updates we got this week uh i think our question of the week should of course be what news are you most excited about coming out of disney investor day 2020 we have so many incredible mcu updates disney plus series film updates it's really really cool i think uh you you heard James, Lorraine, and I talk about what we're most excited about earlier in the show, but we want to hear from you. So please let us know. Use hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel on Twitter. You can also email us at TwimPodcast at Marvel.com. That's T-W-I-M-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at Marvel.com. Or you can also hit us up on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash ThisWeekInMarvel. Uh, we did get an answer or two from last week's question of the week, uh, which we asked, who would be a great opponent for The Undertaker in the Marvel Universe? And our friend, the Kawaii Prince, at Colin J, said, I think Galactus versus Undertaker would be so rad. A giant space pro wrestling match? He's all about it. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I, I, I would watch that. that. That match would be Earth shattering. <laughs> Anybody get that earth? Okay, <laughs> never mind. Right. John, John Swindle at the Swindler 90 says, okay, here is Santa's X-Men. Now Dazzler, now Domino, now Phoenix and Vulcan. On Cyclops, on Cable, on Deadpool and Banshee. Ah, I don't do that because there's something about just Santa Claus calling out the X-Men and like Wolverine going, are you really doing this, bub? Something about it just makes me. I thank you so much for doing this, John. Because yeah, last week I was like on Dazzler on something, and I was like, I don't know, somebody else fill it in. So thank you, John, for filling in all the X Men in Santa's call to action. I don't know what that's called. Santa's get it. Let's get out of here. I really want an artist to draw all those X Men with reindeer horns. <gasps> Oh, antlers, I guess they're called. If you want and to be a science person, dazzlers at the front, dazzling. <laughs> yes, she's the Rudolph. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, next up, we have Boomerman Guido at Old Man Guido, like Greedo, the guy from Star Wars, said. Just went through all of what Sirius has on now through the older podcast, and my daughter and I watched episode two of Marvel Six One Six because of this week in Marvel. So thank you guys and gals for doing what y'all do. Yeah, listen to all the podcasts, watch all the shows on Disney Plus. Uh, Marvel Six One Six is great. Yes, it is. 
Yeah. And Boomerman, thank you for joining us. Thanks for jumping on with Sirius and then going back and digging deep and, and checking out our shows. Please welcome aboard. Thanks for joining the Twim family. Uh, speaking of Twim family, we've got one from Mr. Titanium at Mr. Titanium 18, who says, as promised to Ryan and Lorraine, a post of my first endeavor with Justin Warner's awesome cookbook, the uh, Eat the Universe cookbook. He says, I made the Rocket Raccoon trash omelet. With a few adjustments to the recipe, here is the final product. He says that they enjoyed it, and he posted a picture of uh, making some stuff from the Eat the Universe cookbook, which is great. Also, after this, he tweeted me a picture that he grabbed my book, Powers of a Girl, and put it up next to the Eat the Universe book and was like, I did a little rearranging in the bookstore for you. So just like, thank you for promoting my book. You can work, Mr. Titanium, you can work with James to promote all of Lorraine's <laughs> endeavors. And I think... Lorraine, Lorraine is one of those performers where, like, you could put her anywhere and she will just work, ladies and gentlemen. Which is why I say, I don't know why, once you're done with this podcast, you need to go over to SiriusXM and listen to Marvel Declassified. Because you will, you will be satisfied. Oh, boy. All right. That's a wrap for us right now. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Alexis Williams, Zachary Goldberg, Percy Verlin, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our audio developer manager is Brad Barton. Jill Duboff is our director of audio. And special thanks to Alien. Alien, it really gets inside you. Alien. <laughs> Yum. Come on. Uh, I'm Ryan. <laughs> I'm Lorraine. And I'm James. And this is Marvel. Your universe. <laughs>